Welcome to Songs That Don't Suck with your host, Mark Bradborn. Welcome to episode nine. I am Mark, your Gen X musical Mr. Miyagi, here with the next installment of Songs That Don't Suck. You know, there was a point in time when I first started the podcast that I wondered what would happen if there was a week that was completely devoid of any music that was actually worth listening to. And this week came really, really close. But luckily, I've got a special guest interview this week for you to enjoy. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But I'm going to start this episode by talking about the Bright Winter Music Festival, which happened this past weekend in Cleveland. In February, typically weekends on the West Bank of the Flats are pretty quiet. In the summer, there's a lot of people down there. It's beautiful. But not so much in February. It's kind of cold. But when bright winter is happening... This festival brings together all ages, all income brackets, all backgrounds, allowing them to discover new local music, artists, and just enjoy the community. It started about 10 years ago. It's moved around to different locations around downtown Cleveland. It's hosted tens of thousands of guests, hundreds of bands, and a ton of just like artists who do like these really cool installations for the festival. The temperatures in February can be a little bit bipolar. Um, it can be, it's been as low as 8 degrees and as high as near 70. But it's a fantastic event. So Saturday morning, a friend of mine texted. Um, uh, Rob has been uh, the other half of my rhythm section for a number of bands at this point over the years. And he texted me and asked me if I was going to Bright Winter. And I was like... No, not going this year. And he replied with a sad emoji. Now, apparently that is all it takes to send me to a guilt trip. And I immediately responded with, well, I guess you've talked me into it. And to be honest, I had planned like a really glorious evening of sitting on the couch doing nothing. So this was a much better alternative. And I should have just done that to begin with. So went online and purchased my ticket. And as I'm doing that, I realized that I've actually never been to the Bright Festival. The main reason is generally February is super busy. Um, it's birthday, a lot of birthdays in the family in February. Um, I used to do a lot of work travel in February. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the cold. So like standing out in the cold for five or six hours doesn't really appeal to me. It's not on my list of things that I really want to do. But after my... Uh, experience with bright this year, that's going to change. <clears throat> so I got my ticket headed out to meet with Rob and his wife, Bree, and we bounced around, um, saw a bunch of Cleveland based bands, um, some regional acts, um, and some kind of major, uh, performers as well. So big pop Fox Royale, those guys are from, uh, Joplin, Missouri. Um, they played shirtless. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, we had, Surf Punk uh, from Lake Erie uh, in the way of the Rosies. We had Signals Midwest, uh, Free Black, and the headliner was Welshly Arms. So you might remember Welshly Arms. They had a hit called Legendary uh, back in 2017. And <clears throat> this festival encompasses everything that is Cleveland. It's just tough. 
you are going to stand out in the cold for multiple hours. And the reason this works in Cleveland is because Cleveland people are tough and they dig it. So there was a huge crowd for like the whole six hours that I was there. It actually started at 3 PM. I didn't get there until just before seven. Um, and it rolled until midnight. Those food trucks, plenty of beer, uh, fire pits all around. Like I mentioned, the art installations, which were really cool. It was just fantastic. If you've never been, if you're in Cleveland, or if you've got a weekend in February that you just want to be like, let's go somewhere I normally wouldn't go in February, come to Cleveland and go to Bright Winter. It's a good time. Um, now, as far as Welshley Arms was concerned, I've been listening to them for several years, but I've never seen them live. And, you know, I had that moment where I regret my life choices because they were fantastic um, to see live. Um, they do have a new album coming out later this year. Uh, and in a couple of months, they're going to Europe for a whole set of tour dates. They do have a new single out at the moment. It's called Proud. So definitely go and check that out. The new album should be pretty good. This week, I have got a special uh, treat, something outside of my normal format. I am joined by a special guest, and I'm going to have that special guest introduce herself right now. Hi, I'm Samantha. I work for a startup uh, that was acquired by Warner called Sodatone, um, where we basically help A&Rs and people in marketing as well discover artists, track artists, use data and insights. Uh, to just find the best stuff out there. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that seems <laughs> like <clears throat> the, the, so what is your role in that, in that company? And I'm sorry, say the name of the the name of the company again. Sodatone. Sodatone. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of like an analyst. We all work with like territory specific and kind of work as like customer success managers just to kind of make sure like, they know what's going on in the platform. We kind of keep open communication with them. And then I work on like any kind of like data quality stuff as well. So with any kind of like online platform, you know, you just got to be in it all the time and kind of working through the stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so just to get a baseline. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what type of music do you like, like genres? And then just for, uh, folks listening, um, what is your generation? Because uh, me being Generation X, that's kind of where it's all posed, but I, you are considerably younger than I am, I feel. <laughs> I have been a country music lover since I was a kid. So I feel like that kind of puts me in a group. It was always super lame growing up, but I feel like country music's kind of becoming cool again, you know? Um, I think I'm like right on the edge of Gen Z millennial so like i'm definitely on the bit older side of the gen z um but a bit young on the millennial side got it okay all right so now we're we're <laughs> level set good um so <clears throat> when you're looking at at data around artists what are you what are you looking for yeah i think everybody's you know looking at like a broad general a bunch of stuff so like We'll look at streaming, obviously, is a super important thing. You want to make sure that artists are, like, engaged with their fans, like, not only just on Spotify, but also, like, outside of Spotify. Like, how is that translating to Instagram? And, like, are people actually liking their posts as opposed to just, like, following them? Mm -hmm. um, 
and just kind of putting all the like pieces of that puzzle together like what kind of playlists are they on like what does that kind of say about who their audience may be and like putting all those pieces together to figure out like who that artists are who they're targeting maybe like intentionally or not intentionally and then you know we're always looking tiktok the hot new thing so we're always looking at tiktok and stuff and how they're uh, engaging with their fans there as well okay so you're really looking at artists that are moving towards viral then <clears throat> exactly i think it's kind of like a mix of both though like um obviously everybody wants to know about the viral hits because those make waves but um I think there are just there's so much music and people engage with their fans in so many different ways that just because something's viral doesn't mean it's the only way to be a good artist or a successful artist or get a record deal so I think there's also like lots of other artists who slowly build really great fan bases and those are really important artists to keep an eye out for as well <laughs> at, at what point do you take longevity over virility? I think our job is kind of just to like send it all. Cause so basically we'll send it out to teams and then that's kind of their specialty, their lane. So like um, they'll kind of decide what they like, what they don't like and kind of pick out the, uh, things but when you're just looking at data um I can be listening to stuff and be like yeah I don't like this and this is not my cup of tea but it's somebody's cup of tea like it's translating you know so you kind of have to be as impartial about it as you can be yeah oh, this is the wrong show for the impartiality. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> so is it has anything surprised you in this process? Like how how long have you been in the role? And like is there has there been anything that's really just kind of shocked you in the way that that these things to kind of happen? Yeah, so I'm going on my fifth year in this role. Um, and it's like obviously changed a lot. So this is my first job like outside of university. So I've kind of like grown quite a bit in this role. But I think what's shocking the most of like having so much data is just like how like global music really is like this stuff that's resonating um yeah I even just think like Bad Bunny being like the top streamed artist on the Spotify and Apple Music these past two years not that people are overlooking Bad Bunny by any means or Latin music but it's just so interesting that so many people are resonating with a kind of music that is not in their language and I never saw myself not not liking that music but like not and not resonating with me and now like I totally love that kind of music I love his new album it's so cool I have no idea what he's saying but he's saying something and he's saying something that he believes in and that's so cool you know and it's like music really it's not uh I used to always think like oh I'm only gonna listen to English music obviously but you know music doesn't really have a language you can really like tell when an artist is passionate I think that's what's been so cool about this whole working in the industry thing. <laughs> Very cool. So for for music fans like me, mm -hmm. um, kind of give me your state of the industry. Like, what do you think like the current trends are? Where do you see it going? Um, you know, kind of down the road. I know it's kind of hard to put a finger <laughs> on, but, but you're close to the data. And, and myself as a data professional, I feel like people who are close to the data can find the trends. So I'm curious kind of where you're seeing things moving. 
Yeah, I think uh, TikTok is still, as long as the U.S. government doesn't ban it, I think that will still be a really good medium for artists to showcase their music. And, like, I think that's just going to be a part of the equation now. Just like, you know, when Instagram first started, artists had to kind of adapt and kind of put that in their routine of promoting their music. So I think that's just, like, part of the equation now. And yeah, to kind of build uh, off the like bad bunny Latin part. I just think music is just becoming more global, becoming more genreless. Like more and more of the most popular artists in the world, like Billie Eilish, like, yeah, she's pop, but she's also alternative. And she's also like, I just think artists will be less pigeonholed as just so much stuff gets re- released and you almost need to be unique to kind of stand out and saying something different or in a different way. Completely agree. Like I've noticed because the last eight weeks, nine weeks, I've been really listening to a lot of new music, which I hadn't been doing in the past. And, and like when I was first starting to do it, I was really trying to put things in buckets like, Oh, this is an alternative artist. (laughs) But I think all of the influences that, everybody is taking from like it's created this very much a melting pot of of genres where you hear alt country with you know pop and alternative and it's it's very interesting the more and more new music i listen to and i think that's what makes music a better place like if you think about the music you listen to you don't just listen to pop music or rock music so why should we expect the artists that we like to just listen to the genre of music that they're in you know like i think Music is most interesting when people are pushing the boundaries of their genre of like themselves. And yeah, I don't want to listen to the same thing. You know, I want to listen to something cool, something like, even if I don't like it, if it's super unique, I'm like, wow, this person was like really trying to do something here. And like, even though it's not for me, it's definitely for somebody else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what is your take on technology in music? So I've been kind of ranting and raving a bit about auto-tune and AI-generated music. And then it's started to move into like artists when they perform live, they've got backing tracks and, you know, the whole hologram thing will just kind of leave off to the side. But, <laughs> but like you come from a different point of view. So I'm just curious to see what your take is on like the auto-tune and AI stuff. Yeah. Uh, in terms of AI, like, I don't know that I know a ton about it to, like, comment on it. I think, you know, just from my perspective, it seems like right now it's not in a place where it could replace the passion of an artist or, like, the performance of an artist. You know, I still think that's a pretty special, sacred kind of thing. Um, and then in terms of auto-tune, I... I think I'm pro auto-tune sometimes. I think there's, like, a time and a place. And I think you can do cool things with auto-tune, like the things that, like, Billie Eilish and her brother. I'm really coming off as a huge Billie Eilish fan. I like her, but I don't. She's not my favorite (laughs) artist. But the things they do with auto-tune I think is interesting. Like, I don't want to – I don't mean to call out T-Pain right now, but, like, I don't want to go back to that heavy auto-tune stage. But I think – there is a time and a place and yeah. And I think almost everything uses auto tune now, which is kind of like the state of the industry basically. Um, 
I think it almost makes sometimes like those raw vocal live performance stuff more special in some ways or like a different way of seeing it, you know? Yeah. Now, I mean, I've admitted that. So I've played in bands over the last 20 years and the last band we were in the studio, we, we absolutely used auto tune. If the singer was kind of off pitch yeah, just, just for like a single pitch, I think, yeah, to your point, like the whole T-Pain thing where it's all auto tune, <laughs> but here's the fascinating thing about him. I've actually heard him sing without auto tune at all. And he's, he's got so an amazing good. voice. I know he's crazy good. Yeah. Oh, it kills me. So, yeah, you're probably right. Like time and place, very genre specific. I think yes. it's okay. But there's something about the raw artistry of just kind of having the raw voice. And, you know, sometimes that imperfection feels good. Like, yeah, um, I agree with that. So, yeah, it's it's a balance. I hope it doesn't tip to go too far. But I feel like you're right. Like the Tolte Pain era is gone. Uh, yeah, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as bad, but it's still like it bothers me when I can tell it's happening. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about like anything production wise or vocal wise. Like I don't want it to lose the magic. Like I don't want to hear um, you don't want it to sound too perfect. Basically, right. I never want it to sound manufactured. But um, yeah, I think there's certain genres like top 40 pop you do want it to sound so crisp and so right, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to take that magic away, I guess. So do they ever let you out from behind the computer and like, you get to go see these artists in person to like kind of take the gut feel with the data or is it all computer based? It's all data. Unfortunately, I uh, do like to go to shows in my spare time. Concerts have become increasingly more expensive. I feel like since the pandemic. So I don't go as much as I would like to, but yeah, it's not a part of the job. It's just something I like to kind of do. So have you seen any of the artists that you've recommended to A&R? No, no, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, because I was <laughs> curious if you like make an effort or does somebody make an effort to see them live before they kind of move into that, you know, next phase? Um because one of the things, and this might be completely off base, one of the things that I feel is like a lot of these artists, they're so focused on going viral yeah. that they don't hone their craft on the stage. I agree. So, you know, I think the first time uh, Lana Del Rey performed like on SNL, like that was her second performance ever, you know, and she was already had a huge hit. Yeah. Whereas, whereas like Dave Matthews was playing in every frat house and bar they could play in. So by the time their album, you know, hit the mainstream and they had a hit you're seeing them live for the first time and it's their thousandth show yeah yeah <laughs> i think there's certain genres of music where like live performance still has such a credibility factor like um certain like sub genres of country music like if you don't have a good live show like it's basically a gut punch to your fans and, you know, I do think it is hard for some of these kids who went viral in the pandemic or really started to hone their craft and their music during the pandemic. So they didn't have an opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? So I don't want to knock like everybody who doesn't have like the perfect live show, because I think, you know, you got to take into account some of these artists are so young like I feel like growing up it was like they're so old they're so much older than me and now like I would be a pretty old artist you know so 
if they missed out on like the last three years of touring, it's just tough, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. And and it's funny because I'll watch, you know, when st- stuff hits YouTube, you know, <laughs> like the uh, iHeartRadio uh, yeah. uh, uh, concert thing they do out in Vegas. And you watch some of these acts and you're like, oh, you just look awkward on stage. <laughs> yeah, they're but, working on it. That's they're working sure. on it. Yeah. <laughs> so is there um, is there anything that you found recently that you want to kind of tip us off to? Like any 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 new artists that you're like, this person's going to be huge in the next couple of weeks and we should just get a jump on it now. Oh man. There's some people that I'm like, are already like quite established, but I'm like, I just want to, I can't shut up about them. Basically. I don't know if you've listened to Zach Bryan yet, but I heard his name today. Oh my gosh. You got to just go <laughs> play his album. It's like 36 tracks. It's unbelievable, <laughs> but a very like no auto tune guy like started on Twitter of all places and yeah, badass songwriting. He's obviously like quite established now. I think somebody who's been like opening up for him, who's kind of like similar, this guy named Charles Wesley Godwin. He's also like kind of large too, but man, he's awesome. This like new wave of country artists, they can just write songs like it's nobody's business. And it's so awesome. Is it, okay, so I was a country fan in the nineties. Yeah. And I, I the country that I hear today is a lot of what I call bro country. Like it's the complete opposite. Okay, so it's it it feels more like country rather than having an eight oh eight like drum yes. track. Okay. It's that, almost like folksy. Like it's okay, almost like Bob Dylan y Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Say less. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, and Charles Wesley Godwin just came out with this, like, live album from a church. It's unbelievable. No auto-tune. So you can, like, yeah. All right, see. <laughs> You're already catering to me. I like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, like, I do love pop music. I was thinking, because I saw that your daughter re- recommended Leanna Firestone. Mm-hmm. I love this girl, Maddie Zam. Like, total similar kind of vein um yeah super honest songwriting like gut punch like man I've like haven't felt that exactly but I felt that adjacent and that hits hard you know we'll have to I'll have to pass that by (laughs) her and see if it'll get the the Jenna stamp of approval um all right any anything that I should have asked that I didn't what am I missing yeah I don't know I so I before this I'm going to turn this on you. I listened to your first, well, I've listened to a couple of your episodes and I listened to your first episode because I wanted like a state of the union, like what kind of music do you like? And it was awesome. I love that you said you're a music junkie. I was like, I feel that in my soul, you know? And yeah, it's just interesting. I feel like there are music junkies and non-music junkies. And I, growing up, because I was such a music junkie, I just assumed... (laughs) everybody's obsessed with music like this and then you know you grow up you get into the real world and like you're like yeah not everybody no. is interested in as me um yeah I just love that way of looking at it and you know it's awesome to talk to people about music I feel like it puts everybody on like an even playing field you know like it's like you can talk to anybody about you know, your favorite music, if you're both into music, you know, Absolutely. even if you don't like even close to the same stuff. 
Right. Like, I can't honestly tell you I've listened to a Bad Bunny song. <laughs> you but, should. Well, you but won't. see, the, the part of it is like, I want to understand that, like, I like to connect with lyrics. And if I don't know what they're saying, like, <laughs> I, I feel very lost. You know, I can, I can dig the rhythm. I can dig the melodies. But like, I have to connect to a vocal and, uh, you know, a verse to, to really have it hit home. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, in the new music playlists, I do hear a lot of um, Latin pop that comes through. And like the minute the lyric hits, I'm like, ah, like, (laughs) like, I I really want to feel this, but I just can't. Oh, I after I honestly, I didn't really get it for forever because, every you know, everybody's been talking about him for like the last five years, I feel like. Um, And obviously he's become like more and more part of the conversation. Um, And I watched his Grammy performance and I was like, this energy is just like incredible. Like, how can you bottle this up? And I listened to the album. I actually like sat down and gave the full album a chance. And I was like, the energy was here the whole time. I just like wasn't willing to give it a shot, you know? Oh, man. (laughs) Maybe maybe I have to like force myself to to, to listen more, but it's it, it's old dogs and new tricks, right? Like, um, I just I love lyrics. I know. I feel like it should be like when you're first getting to know someone, it should be like, "What's your favorite lyric?" You know, because I feel a- like it says so much about a person, and the way that they talk about it also says, you know, like you're just so passionate about it because it's like it rocks it changed your life that like one two lines you know I think that's yeah I think when I went so I went to school in Nashville to take like an actual music business degree and yeah yeah I guess that's like a kind of interesting part of my story Mm. and um started learning about like all these different parts of the industry because like growing up in Canada and I feel like most kids growing up and most people don't really know that there's like a business side to the music industry. And we started learning about like music publishing, which is basically like the side uh, that like takes care of like songwriters and like making sure that everything is kind of taken care of there. And I was like, obviously there's this side of the music business, but like I never would have thought, you know, it's just crazy. Cause yeah, I think what's so, this is a super long rambling thing, but what's so special about music is that it starts with the lyrics and the melody and it starts with the song and I think anytime I feel like oh man I don't like anything that came out this week it's all kind of trash uh you know you got your comfort album your comfort songs that are like music rocks you know (laughs) yeah and it's so funny in doing this podcast as I hear music and if it reminds me of something else, I actually go back and revisit it. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll like Leanna Firestone is a great example. The first song that um, Jenna played for me was. Um, is it like the Diet Coke? That's no. That, like, I'm most... well, so Diet Coke was the first one. And then Just Attention. Okay. Was the other one. That's just F-bomb laden. <laughs> <clears throat> and it reminded me of Annie DeFranco. Oh, yeah, she sings a song called Untouchable Face, which has the same kind of repetitive F-bombing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to that whole catalog. I mean, she's like writing books now and not doing so much music anymore. But then I found a cover of um, kind of the lead song from Hadestown from Broadway that she performed with a bunch of other artists. I'm just like, 
it's great because it's making me revisit the old catalogs and like artists that I've haven't thought about in years. So it's not only bringing new music into my life, it's re delivering old music that I kind of like left behind. So it's been, it's been really interesting. I love that. I also love like, I'm the type of person that gets like hyper fixated on a song and like, we'll play it. Like the whole week will be just dedicated to that song. I'll listen to other stuff, but I'll always like revisit that track. And when it takes you back to like a time or a place, like we used to go on a bunch of road trips when I was a kid. And I used to just like sit with my iPod, like playing like the albums through and yeah it takes you back you listen to it and you're like I remember where I was when I was listening to these songs it's yeah a transformative yeah. experience oh yeah I have music that will remind me of people from my life like you know if I went to a show with them or we experienced something or we were on a road trip like you said and I'll hear that song randomly and I'm just like oh I should call that person yes yes Oh, I also wanted to ask you, I was, yeah, because I was listening to the first episode, you find it harder to find music now than you did like 20, 15 years ago? I do. And I think there's a couple things at play. One, yeah. there was the whole record store experience that I talked yeah. about on the podcast. But also when we were in school or, you know, when I was in college or even in high school, people would trade cassettes and CDs. Like they would burn CDs and be like, hey, Mark, check this artist out. And there's that social sharing aspect of music that has disappeared. Yeah. Um, there's actually a cool app that I discovered recently um, and it's called, hang on, I'm going to open it. Uh, what a Life Tracks. Okay. Uh, T-R-A-X-X. And it gets into the social sharing of music. So like you'll be playing something on Spotify and you're like, oh, I want to share this with people that follow me. And you can do that. So it's, it's really small at this point. Like it just launched a little bit ago. Um, but it's so far, it's fascinating. Cool. Yeah, I will but, check it out. But yeah, I feel like the the whole streaming aspect of music, you know, and kind of the, the death of the record store, mm. you know, although, you, I mean, there's still record stores, but I feel like there's a social aspect of music that just doesn't happen anymore. So Yeah, I agree. I also think in some ways, like the pandemic didn't really help it you no, know it didn't like shows don't feel exactly the same i mean I, it's been a while since i've been to a show but i was gonna I say I, like... I went and saw iron maiden back in october i guess that yeah. was fantastic like <laughs> so, sold out on the floor crowds going wild that felt like it had been Prior to that, I had gone and seen Judas Priest on their like 70th anniversary tour, or whatever it is. And um, that was just, there was people still in masks and. Yeah. And I mean, everybody to their own comfort level, right? Yeah, but oh, for sure. There's just, um, yeah, I think there's still some people who are a little bit uneasy about being in those large public spaces. Yeah. Hopefully, as we kind of move further and further away. Um, we get to see less and less of that. Yeah. I got my dad tickets to see that tour too. I think that's <laughs> I'm his life. Yeah. That was a great <laughs> show. The fact that Rob Halford's 80 and can still do all the, the, the wailing is just incredible. So anyway, Samantha, I just, I want to thank you for um, being my musical insider. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Maybe, maybe we'll have you back. At some yes, point. let's and, do it. Uh, 
and just chat a little bit more. Um, you can give me the scoop on all of the artists that you're finding. This has been Samantha Monroe from Soda Tone, uh, which is a subsidiary of Warner Music. And thanks again for joining me. Thank you for having me. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into the couple of tracks I found this week. So these are your weekly reminders to like, follow, share, and review the podcast. It really does help. I've noticed a significant bump in listens since we started our giveaway, which I'll talk about in a minute. The version that you are listening to currently is the Cliff Notes version. This comes out on Wednesdays. The full version that has the music embedded in it comes out on Mondays exclusively on Spotify. If you're into social media, I am everywhere. I prefer that you follow me on Twitter, but if you're following me on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, that's fantastic too. I post to all of the platforms. Uh, but again, Twitter's where I'm the busiest. Now, I mentioned a giveaway. We are in the final days of the Sharing is Caring giveaway, so you've got a couple of days left at the publishing of this podcast to get your entries in. All you have to do is share the podcast on social media. So take one of my posts, share it, make sure the link is there, encourage people to go listen to the show, tell them what you like about it, whatever it is, make sure you tag me in the post so I know that you did it. I'll add you to the list and then I'll randomly select a winner. The winner is going to get a three-month subscription to Spotify Premium. So a good time and it's an easy entry. So get those entries in. It is also the last call for your top five drinking songs. You can go to songsthatdontsuck.net, submit the songs through the form on the website, or if you're on social media, just respond to a post where I'm talking about the call for drinking songs. There should be a couple out there now. And let me know the song or two that you like to drink to. At the end of the day, we're going to have a great St. Pat's playlist, and we're going to run those uh, drinking songs down next week. All right, <clears throat> let's talk new music. So each week, if you've uh, not listened before, each week I dig into all of the Spotify new music playlists. Um, there's probably 12 or 13 at this point. Um, and I probably listen to anywhere three to 500 songs. I lose track, honestly, but uh, I go through them. I listen to them about a minimum of 30 seconds and if I like something, I put it on a playlist to review, uh, and then I go through and pull out the ones that I liked. This week was just awful. There's like no nice way to put it. Um, I pulled 12 songs initially, which caught my ear, and then as I continued to review them, they were just not good. Just bad all around. <laughs> so I ended up with two. Two songs that I think you should go listen to this week. The first one is from a band called The Moss, uh, and that song is called Chaparral. Uh, the Moss, this is their second time I've talked about them. The first time I featured them, I think it was episode two, maybe, and the song was called Blink. This song is just really interesting from the fact that they play with tempo and feel. It's the thing that caught my ear with Blink and chaparral does it like to the nth degree it starts out with this kind of straight ahead rock thing going on and then it breaks into this halftime feel and then it comes back into reggae and it just 
just floats around and it's really cool to listen to. Um, I had to listen to it like a few times before I really went, okay, now I get what they're doing. And, um, yeah, ended up being a really cool track. So check out the Moss. Uh, this track again is called Chaparral. The second song that I found this week is from a band that I started following not too long ago. Um, well, I say that, but it was probably 2019 when I discovered them. Anyway, it's The Struts. And if you're not familiar with The Struts, they're fantastic. They just released an acoustic live performance. And the song that I picked this week was Falling With Me, which is their latest single um, that they released. And they, this is obviously an acoustic version of it. <clears throat> Um, fantastic song, but the struts overall, if you're not familiar with the struts, I highly recommend it. I saw them open for the Foo Fighters. I want to say it was in 2019. I think that's right. And usually I kind of half listen to an opening band, um, unless it's something I know, like dual headlining shows, obviously the opener isn't really the opener, but, um, you know, I saw the struts on the ticket. And I was like, okay, I don't know who they are. And I usually will try to listen to some of it before I go to the show, but it didn't in this case. And um, they came out today on stage and, and Luke just immediately demands your attention. And the band is fantastic live. And they hooked me. I went home after the show and kind of consumed everything they had you know, recorded and released at this point. And I've been a fan ever since. And I've enjoyed everything that they've put out. So if you're not familiar with the struts, I, you can play any of their songs. I think you'll like them. But Falling With Me is the track this week. That's it. Two songs. It was a sad week. Um, I hope your week has been better than this week musically. And until next time. Thanks for listening. And until next week, keep searching for and listening to songs that don't suck. <laughs>